Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. And now the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Mark Bosco as Case Cutchington and Caitlin Obum as Sheriff Metallius Steele. The population of Contentment Corner, North Dakota, has never justified a police force larger than three. However, on this particular morning in late June of 1987, Cyborg Sheriff Metallius Steele finds herself longing for the days when Western sheriffs could deputize citizens willy-nilly. Sheriff's Department, Sheriff Steele speaking. Oh, hello, Candida. How's my favorite librarian? Oh, concerned? Well, let's see what we can't do to ease those concerns of yours. Do you think Case Cutchington is up to no good? No, that's... Sorry, that's not disbelief, that's... Well, let's just say I'm considering bringing on more help to handle all the calls we've been getting about that particular individual lately. <laughs> I've been reluctant to bother the man on his wedding day, but I may just have to. All right, honey, you take care. Bye now. Sheriff, are you off the phone? There's somebody in the lobby, he wants to talk to you. Hold on a minute, Malloy. I'd like to talk to you about all these notes I found on my desk when I came in this morning. Right. The phones are ringing off the hook all night. Everyone in town is calling. And they all seem very worried that Case Catchington guy is, like, up to something. And they still are. I can hear that. But I can't read any of these. Can't you dot your eyes with little hearts like other girls your age? Ugh, God, Sheriff. You're worse than my math teacher. I don't have enough data to quantify that remark. So, do you want to talk to this guy in the lobby? Well, unless it's Case Cutchington, they're gonna have to wait. Is it Case Cutchington? He looks an awful lot like him. But no, this guy's got two eyes. I counted. He's just gonna have to wait then. Sheriff's Department, Sheriff Steele speaking. Jim! Yes, I... I know where you work, Jim. No, we haven't had a chance to talk to Mr. Cutchington regarding your last call. Or the previous three. You... You get pretty lonely out there over at the museum, don't you? Maybe we could grab some dinner sometime. Hold on a second, Jim. I told you... Sorry, Sheriff. Someone else is here to see you? Not Case Cutchington? No, he's... with the federal government? He says it's urgent. Huh. Federal agent, eh? Is he cute? You know how you say attractiveness is subjective and that everyone has something about them that you can find appealing if you look close enough? I do know how I say that, yes. This guy isn't. Meanwhile, across town, the subject of everyone's ire, Case Cutchington, sleeps fitfully in the bed of his secret lover, Flas Carousel. Case, honey, wake up. That's, that's right. I, I have the thigh bone of Saint. Corby, just pay me in cash. No, no, my werewolf lover has no idea. Come on, baby, let's buy a car wash. That'll push that werewolf off a cliff. Case! <coughs> uh, football practice. <clears throat> uh, oh, it's, it's you. <clears throat> Good morning. What, oh, what time is it? It's still early. You were talking in your sleep. Uh, w w oh, was I? 
Uh, what did I say? Something about a werewolf lover? Uh, oh. But that was just some ridiculous dream nonsense, right? Uh, right, exactly. I wonder what that means. Well, you just said it yourself. It was nonsense. Sure, but it must symbolize something. Maybe your reluctance to go through with the wedding today. Ah, listen, I told you. I need to marry Ottawa St. Corby so that you and I can stay together. Right. You did tell me that. Wait, uh, remind me how that works? Because, uh, marrying her means I can spend my days in the safety of the St. Corby compound, away from the folks who wish me harm. And then I can spend my nights with you. Except for the couple of nights a month when the moon is full, of course. Oh, what does the moon have anything to do with it? Because of tidal forces? Oh. Well, my house is near the lake, and we wouldn't want any flooding to happen. I don't remember that ever happening, but then I don't really remember anything before we met. I guess that's the power of love. Yeah, don't need no credit card to ride this train. That's from a song. Anyway, can I borrow your credit card? Are you going to surprise me again? You know I don't need fancy gifts. If I told you that, it'd spoil the surprise. All right, here you go. I wish you hadn't signed me up to do the catering for this wedding. It's bad enough you're marrying someone else, but for me to have to be at the event and watch it happen... I know it's a little awkward for you, but we had to reschedule the wedding quickly. Remember the day you killed that guy? I wish you wouldn't say it like that. Sorry, remember the day you defended me from that guy by killing him? I missed the wedding, and the only way I could convince Ottawa I was seriously committed to her was to agree to the earliest possible date for a re-wedding. But you're not. What? You're not seriously committed to her, right? Of course not. So, my butcher shop is catering the wedding so you can rub her nose in our relationship. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how that works, and she doesn't even know about us. But I trust you. Of course you do. And back at the police station. Sheriff Steele? Yes, oh, Jesus! Uh, I mean, yes, come on in. You must be Agent... Special Agent Gary Poole of the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the United States. Mucus? Yes, we know. Listen, Sheriff, I'm here on important business, but before we begin, I need to make something very clear. All right. Well, Sheriff, you have a bit of a reputation for being, oh, what's the word, flirtatious? We might be working closely together over the next little while, and I'm worried that we might find ourselves pushed together in one of those situations where you can't distinguish the excitement of the moment from genuine passion. So I just wanted to request up front that we keep this relationship purely professional. Agent Poole, I can tell you with all sincerity that there is absolutely no danger of it being anything but professional. Oh. Good, then. Now, what brings you to Contentment Corner? Well, it's no secret that this town is unusual. How do you mean? Sheriff, please don't play dumb with me. We really don't have time for that. Oh, I seriously don't have any idea. I really kind of figured that you, a cyborg, would appreciate what I meant when I said... This town is unusual. Shh! I do know what you mean, but poor Malloy out there does not. For her benefit, could we please keep this quiet? Wait, your deputy doesn't know she works for a cyborg? I'm sure you know how it is with teenagers. In some ways, they're more grown up than you think, but in others, they're 
weirdly naive. Why do you have a teenage deputy? Trojan Malloy is hands down the best damn detective I have ever encountered. The things that girl can work out using a magnifying glass and a small dusting of common household flour. And yet she doesn't know about you. Or, I assume, the bloodsucker in your mayor's office. Or the demon that runs your local gym. Or... No, she does not. I run a quiet town here, Agent Poole. I'm aware that some of our citizens live what you might call unconventional lifestyles, but as long as they keep those lifestyles within the confines of the law, it's all Minnesota nice to me. Okay, first of all, this is North Dakota. Second, I thought Minnesota nice meant being pleasant to your face, but being a jerk behind your back. Now how can I help you today? I'm here about Case Cutchington. Popular subject today. We've been watching the man for months. He's pissed off a lot of people. Most of whom are calling to tell me exactly that. To this point, it's mostly been extremely low-level grifting. Like, he read about how to con people in a book, only the book was printed back when cheating people out of a few pennies was worth the effort. Only now it looks like he crossed the wrong people, and we think his life might be in danger. Which wrong people? Zizix Jones, for a start. Also the Tordovian mob. Which, I'll be honest, I didn't realize Tordovia was even a place. But apparently it is, and they have a mob. And that mob is extremely focused on enforcing their will through constant threat of genital mutilation. (sighs) If I had a nickel for every time I've heard about that man's genitals today. Come on, let's go check this out. There's a Tordovian deli on the other side of town. Supposedly, the owner has ties to organized crime, but... What? Well, Tordovians are... How to say this? Incomprehensible nonsense people? That's not terribly culturally sensitive of you. Try dating one. Or half a dozen of them, like I have. All at once? Oh, and let's take separate vehicles, all right? I don't want anyone thinking we're together. Because of professionalism. Oh, of course. Sheriff, the phones are still ringing off the hook. And that guy in the lobby still wants to talk to you? It'll have to wait till we get back, deputy. So, you're in charge. Here's some money for a pizza. No loud parties, all right? Ugh. And at the main factory building of St. Corby Soap, the largest blue-collar employer in Contentment Corner, the employees prepare for a special event for the second time in as many weeks. It was nice of the boss to give us the day off for a wedding last week, but at least that was an optional. Yeah, having the do of a wedding here in the factory means we can't get no work done today. I got 20 slab molds of peacock swirls to take care of if I want to meet my quota this week. We got 12 pallets of oils coming in this afternoon. Australian bamboo grass, French lavender, coconut lime babina. Oh man, we've been out of coconut lime babina for months. I know it! But if we gotta sit through some dumb wedding, there won't be nobody down at the loading dock to sign for it. On the other hand, it is Mrs. St. Corby's big day. Yeah, I kinda feel bad for calling it dumb. She is both elegant and magnanimous. You got that right, pal. I will fight anyone who says they know someone more magnanimous than her. Attention employees. The wedding ceremony will begin on the factory floor in 15 minutes. 15 minutes? You mind giving me a hand with my uh, cummerbund there? I do, not mine. Repeat, all employees must be in their designated seats on the factory floor in 15 minutes. Hey, Vatican, can I talk to you for a minute? What? Oh, hello, Case. You can call me Dad. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. I just wanted to see if, uh, I don't know, if we were cool, I guess. Do kids still say cool? We do. 
and I'm not sure if I'd use it to describe whatever we are, but if you're asking me if I'm still going to try to stop you from marrying my mother, the answer is no. Oh? I I mean, that's good, but what changed? A couple of weeks ago, I found a videotape that you left in my mom's room. It was a home movie of you and some person that I have since determined is a werewolf. How do you know that was me? Uh, Lots of guys look like me. He said your name. Oh. A lot. Oh. Because you two were having sex. Right, I, I got it. With each other. Yeah. I tried to talk to my mom about it, but she just yelled at me for going through her stuff. You gotta admit, that is kind of an invasion of her privacy. For whatever reason, she just refuses to believe that you can't be trusted. <laughs> really? Oh, I mean, good. Uh, uh, of course. Of course she can trust me. And so can you. What are you doing? I'm trying to ruffle your hair. Well, don't. Anyway, I guess Mom has a weird blind spot when it comes to you, and nothing I can say is going to convince her otherwise. I think that blind spot is called love. Yeah, that's stupid. You'll never catch me messing up my life over some boy, or girl, or anyone. Can you hand me that vest? Wait, you're ushering? I thought you didn't want to be in the wedding. Well, I didn't. But when I found out that Jad Cortland was an usher, I thought this would be a great opportunity to catch his eye. That's why I'm not buttoning my vest all the way up. That's great. Good luck with that. Mrs. Jad Cortland. Mrs. Vatican Cortland. Mrs. Vatican St. Corby Cortland. Hmm. St. Cortland? Can you believe Jad Cortland is an usher at this wedding? I thought his mother sent him away to boarding school. She did. But it's summer. What? Again? Excuse me, ladies. Are these seats taken? Oh, hello, Ravina. And who's this? Good morning, sir. I'm... Candida Prim, the town librarian. I know. He's my date. Does your date have a name? Yes. We were just talking about Jad Cortland. That little twerp led me on quite a wild goose chase recently. Don't you mean wild flamingo chase? There's something very unsettling about him. The way he calls me grandmother, for one thing. What? He calls you that, too? He also calls me grandmother. What is that? I don't know. It's pretty weird. Oh, I was asking him. He knows everything that happened in this town. So... Spill it. To understand Jad Cortland's fascination with grandmother figures, one first has to look at his background. Sorry, Sheriff, I got lost over by the... Ah, Jesus! Oh, you, uh, (laughs) you scared me. Why are you crouched by this Rolls Royce? Shh, listen. That's Zizix Jones in the back seat. The wealthy industrial? Industrialist. That's what I said. So, Ottawa, my old nemesis, and I do mean old, just look at you. And if I didn't know better, I'd say that soap of yours actually deepens the cavernous wrinkles on your sad face. Today you wed for the second time. You'll have something old, that's you. Something new, something borrowed, and the bloated corpse of your intended which will almost certainly take on a sort of bluish tint. No, I can do better than that. Let's see. What's that old line? Till death do us part. Funny you should mention death. It's like that prayer. If I should die before I wake. (sighs) You Americans are obsessed with death. 
so now I'll bring you one step closer to it. No, no, no. Get your head in the football match, Zizix. And that's European football, not that vulgar American corruption of rugby. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to murder Case Cutchington and make you watch, you insincere cow. Yes, that's it. That's perfect. Your days are numbered, Ottawa. And they're no longer numbered with whole numbers. We're in decimal territory here. It won't be long before your soap factory becomes the saddest little subsidiary of Zizix Cosmetics. <laughs> Should we take her in? Mm, if evil soliloquies were against the lie, and pool, contentment corner would need a much larger jail. She's harmless. Now... Let's see if our Tordovian friends... There's a sign on the door. Murder spree in progress. Call again less soon. You know how this bodes, Agent Poole? How does it bode, Sheriff Steele? Poorly. That came from the direction of the factory. Where they're having the wedding. And there goes Jones! No time to pursue. Come on, we're four blocks away. We'll get there faster on foot. Oh, God, what happened here? Tend to as many wounded as you can. Try to keep your head down so you don't surprise them into further shock. What do you... Oh, because of my hideous face, of course. What, you think I don't know? I'll call for assistance. Try to get to the most seriously wounded first. Oh. And I found Case Cutchington. Guess I don't need to worry about looking for him. How is he? More corpse-like than I prefer my suspects, all things considered. Sheriff, someone's fleeing the scene! I'm We're going gonna to... have to deal with that later. It's all right, sir. It's me. It's Sheriff Steele. Don't try to stand. Just breathe easy. Now, tell me. What happened here? Uh, I don't know. It's all right, sir. I'm sure you're gonna be fine. No, you don't understand. I always know what happens. I make it happen, but I have absolutely no idea about this. Episode 8 of Contentment Corner featured Duncan Bosco as Clorm, Mark Bosco as Case Catchington, Christy Brannan as Deputy Malloy, Randall Cleveland as Agent Gary Poole, Robert Cooper as the narrator, Terry Drozdak as Candida Prim, Nathan Lejeunesse as Flas Carousel, Caitlin Obum as Metallius Steele, Kara O'Connor as Zizix Jones, Nicole Santora as Vatican St. Corby, Amanda Smith as Ravina Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt, Sabrina Snyder as Edna, and Ron Algar Watt as Nith. It was written by Ron Algar Watt and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2016.